0: that everybody who cares about ideas or freedom should be wrestling with hey Ron Coleman and Jack Murphy together after so many years together knowing each other on Twitter and Jack has been kind enough with his massive social media empire to uh to be one of my very first podcast guests and I really appreciate that Jack and you know as I was was looking for uh stuff for us to talk about I mean there's no there's no limit to what we could be talking about and what you like to talk about and what you're qualified to talk about so I looking at your at your damned YouTube you already talked about everything you already talked about everything you already talked about it recently and you already talked about it with my friends <laughs> we, do
1: not- we do have a lot of mutuals we do have a lot of mutuals
0: it was only uh on March 14th of this year and for historians looking at this uh in the time capsule that's March 14th 2021 Jack uh spoke with uh Reboy and Darren Beatty who's not I, I, we we actually don't follow each other but but, but Will Chamberlain who I made Will at, at believe me there's no Will Chamberlain without Ron Combe um and talked about <laughs> yeah, right. I just made that up. Um, talking about big tech censorship, which was supposed to be my, 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 uh, my issue, but it's okay because I don't want to talk about it. I'm actually bored with it. There was something actually, though, in one of your YouTube, uh, in your library that is of great interest to me. And I do think that it's still, what, but Jack, what I'm trying to do here is to, um, like you, I am an expert on all topics.
1: <laughs> Every topic.
0: And, um, and I even have the, the legal right to be an expert on the law, which puts me in the category of everyone on Twitter, except for the legal right part, because I actually have that. Um, but there was one video, and I should make it very clear to you, I never watch videos of people talking. I can't stand it. I just can't sit still and watch people talking. But I, what I do look at is the names of videos. And one thing I saw that really hit me in the, in the chest Yes, it was with Tim. Politeness will lead to our demise. One of the things I want to do is to focus my podcast instead of on my incredibly broad knowledge of all topics. All topics. All cultures and all all peoples.
1: Every known fact ever.
0: Right. Shut up. (laughs) Shut up, YouTube. Um, (laughs) is, Is to focus on cancel culture, free speech, censorship. I think that is a good I think it's a good idea to have a theme for the Coleman by the way you might not know this the name of the of, of the podcast because you this is being recorded before I started promoting it because you're going to be one of the first in the can guys before we hit the pod waves Coleman nation nation Cul- it is now it's it's a pun you have to get the pun otherwise it. why are you using a, an old school culmination because I just remember I'm going to, just like the Sex Pistols killed rock and roll, Hmm. my intention is to kill podcasting. So this is the culmination of podcasting as we knew it.
1: Participating in my own demise.
0: The demise of the old podcasting. Got it. You're already part of the new podcasting anyway. I'll say it again. Politeness will lead to our demise. Hmm. And that is of relevance to me, but I... I Jack, I was actually just saying that you and I spoke a little bit a few years ago, we haven't been in in close contact uh, recently, and now you don't need me you're you're the man but i mean even my beard pales next to yours you didn't have that beard in 2018 though did you
1: sure did man did? It just uh this this is this is the remnants of the quarantine beard and uh since since my profile blew up so much during quarantine and the quarantine beard it's now become part of the brand so oh i'm, I'm locked in well you know that actually that happened
0: to me also because my wife does not like the beard she says i married a clean-shaven man and even though you know i'm in this rabbinical orthodox jewish environment where beards are you know very very in common she don't like it that much but 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 it's become the brand because what happened was i was you know i started doing video in various formats in a couple of uh, last year or so that's it i can't back i can't back out of it just as well she's wrong anyway i mean she's right about like 99 points of the things but uh she's wrong about the beard and anyway uh make sure you remind her Well, she's not going to see this, is she? One of the things I talk about with people on Twitter a lot is this question of, do we have to become what we hate in order to defeat what we hate? And this is a great moral theme in any revolutionary struggle. Politeness will lead to our demise. Rhinos. Now, I hate rhinos too. I don't hate them. I mean, I don't like them politically. I hate vacillating. I hate unnecessary compromises. But cancel culture is about it's an extraordinary sort of impoliteness. It's the kind of impoliteness that says you have no right to have an opinion. You don't have a right to be heard. I'll do all the talking and I'll decide who's going to be heard. We don't have to worry about canceling others, right, because we don't hold any of the cards in terms of platforms platforms that matter. But using that as just one example, how do we maintain our principle? And and by the way, listeners, people coming from Mars, Jack and I are on the same page politically. I think I'm probably 85, 90 percent of stuff. I don't even know what the other 10 percent is. But chances are we're in the same we're in the same space do we have to be jerks to defeat the jerks and if so what are we getting just that we just get to be we just get to be the jerks then answer
1: answer's coming ron <clears throat> well i think that you brought up a number and I don't, I, I don't tell me what tim you told Tim. no no I get, I get a completely new answer A completely new answer totally refined on the spot freestyle here we go I think he brought up a number of issues. Cancel culture is one thing. Politeness is another thing. The terrain that you elect for your conflict and the tactics that you choose to, to achieve your goals are another thing altogether. I think that when we're talking about politeness as, as being a handicap in some ways, uh, politeness limiting our ability to be effective, that comes from, that comes from the fact that even on the right we have people who are interested in maintaining appearances, ma- interested in maintaining demeanor, interested in, in maintaining their politeness and their and their their sort of uh, I'm above it. They want to be liked. They want want to be liked. They want to be liked they also by ever want to take a stand and they and they don't want to be seen as getting dirty and that is a problem because what has happened is everybody over the last 15 20 years it just each time some little new new encroachment pops up you know people don't want to take action and they want to maintain their politeness and their standards and whatever that are and each time we do that we acquiesce just a little bit and i think that this conversation about politeness is has been um triggered in some ways by james Lindsay's behavior on twitter which i think he is being a fantastic example of why we need to throw politeness aside. He is single-handedly demolishing each of these gatekeepers along the way. People who think that they're advocating uh, for the same beliefs as we are, but are willing to let the CRT BLM crowd just roll right over top of us. At some point, we have to accept that we are basically in a burlap sack, a mongoose and a cobra, (laughs) and only one of them is coming out. And you have to decide which one are you gonna be. The other side does not play by rules. They don't play by, they don't play by the law, they don't play by customs, they don't play by morality. And if we, if we, oh, but my morality, oh, but my customs, oh, but my politeness, as the country gets dragged down the toilet, what have we won? Nothing, nothing. The time to fight is now. But there's a, what have we won? Okay, and there's a gazillion things I can unpack
0: and hope that I will in the time that we have. But what have we won if we just, like I said, become as? You'll agree, won't you, that just because they're
1: complete a holes, we doesn't mean we be should should be complete. Let me give you a good example. In my little town, in my village, with my walled garden, I have laws, and in that town, you're not allowed to kill anybody. Okay, murder is prohibited. Now. There is a horde of barbarians outside my gate trying to storm into my castle. And what are they going to do when they get here? They're going to kill all of us. So what am I going to do? I'm going to say, I don't believe in killing people. Or I'm going to defend myself and I'm going to kill the barbarian horde. And then I'm going to go back to not killing people inside the walls. Okay. So
0: you're not going to give me a proof from pacifism because pacifism is dumb. Everyone knows how dumb pacifism is but we're fighting for civilization right yes our argument is look at these Antifa slobs look at look what they did to our country look at how the even how even Democrats wearing suits and ties behave on the floor of the House and Senate have a light sheeted steel look at look at the moral degeneracy check 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 look at the abuse of law enforcement look at the abuse of investigatory agencies look at the abuse of the courts Let's do that also so that we can win.
1: Is that our argument? No, I think that the, argue, the argument is that people are hamstrung by things that are artificial limitations that actually aren't giving you any moral benefit. What, I can't, I can't be malicious or mean to people that are actually violating the law? Style,
0: style, yeah. style. It's a, you know, think of all the, there's a kind of a trope uh, in the rightosphere but what about the mean tweets? All these principled conservatives, right, who were, they couldn't actually articulate a problem with any Trump policies, but his style was so vulgar. So so mean, OK, that's easy. That's low-hanging fruit. Now, it's interesting to me that you raised James Lindsay, because I keep seeing him being used as an example of what, what we are talking about. And I read his tweets, and I say, <laughs> What the hell is the difference between his tweets and my tweets? I don't I come across like that. So someone answered me, you know, Ron, you're a little, you're a little, you're a little smoother. You're a little, you're a little bit further on the on the autism scale to normal than than James." Ron, you're know. not
1: running around talking about big dick energy, you know, or the size <laughs> of your Johnson. It's because I because I embody that. I don't have to talk about <laughs> it. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's a great point. That's a great point. Well, here's another important point, though, which is that when you're a professional scumbag, you're Antifa. All you do is get is cash checks to go and break windows. That's your job. You've got a certain flex, a certain breadth of action that a guy who has a law practice who's admitted in a couple of states and who has to appear before judges, and in this in a world in which judges tend to be extremely politicized as well, I gotta be respectable. I gotta be respectable. I, you know, one thing that is very clear to me is that among lawyers on social media who have real practices, as opposed to people who went to law school and they're either they're lunatics, like someone like Seth Abrams, just a lunatic. Do you wipe and talk about him. But among people who are grown-ups and who have real practices and really represent clients once you get much past schlichter and coleman it gets really thin really fast in terms of people who are willing to stick their necks out there and it might and it might be that sometimes and my partner Harvey dylan is actually She's more she's more polite than we are, but she can be she can absolutely bring it when it's necessary. But lawyers, by definition, tend to be risk averse. Now you say you have you and I were talking before we went on about I joke with you that I got a real job. I can't do this all day long. You said I got a real job too. I don't know what your real job is.
1: Yeah, but it's all it's all aligned. My job is aligned with my content. So you know, I do I do the content.
0: That's, that's right. No. Oh, and that's the point that, that i reached also and, and that's why i see Harmita. why am i a partner with harmony because we are who we are and i realized a while ago that all the people i was worried about offending i wasn't on their speed dial anyway okay they weren't going to call me the people who are going to call me are the ones who want to hear me advocate not be afraid be bold that leaves me with easily a, well over 100 million people in this country alone right I don't need the other 200 million. It, it'll be fine. Okay. I think we both understand that people
1: need to be bolder. This is wartime, Ron. It's wartime. It is. War. It's wartime. So it there's, there's, there's certain, there's special rules, special customs. And uh, the normal stuff, the way you treat your neighbor is not how you treat your enemies who are at the gate with torches and pitchforks and they want to burn your house down.
0: And, you know, it's so amazing. I was actually bumped on an old thread of mine today where I talked about how I've got, I've got a cousin who lives halfway between my house and my office.
1: Always ask you for a ride. <laughs> no,
0: he's done just fine for himself. He's a lawyer also. He's, a, he's older than I am. He's my father's cousin, actually. And um, he was very kind to me early in my career, gave me some guidance and some opportunities. And he's a real lib like you know of course he's he's not he's a jewish guy and he's he's not religious and most non-religious jews are very liberal not all and we have very little interaction online anymore because of the social media stuff and i was thinking gosh i'd like to stop by and say hi and catch up with him and then i said i don't know i mean there's a lot of there's a lot of hard feelings maybe he's mad at me And it never occurs to me, maybe I should be mad at him. No, I wouldn't be. And that's the problem is I wouldn't be. We on the right tend not to take these disagreements personally. But with important exceptions, including another cousin of mine, who I've been texting with today about other business, who is really out there on the left. People want to, as you say, it's a war. They want to not only prevent us from enacting our policies. Enunciating our policies, expressing our policies, they want us to not
1: exist. Dead. They want you dead, Ron. If you died, they wouldn't shed a tear. That's really true, but most of us don't like conservatism. Doesn't exist anymore. Okay, the right side, the right side of politics, the anti-woke folks. We have to become the party of change. We are also insurgents living inside of an occupied territory, right? A Marxist-based ideology, this hardcore progressivism, the CRT stuff has taken over all of our institutions, captured everything, universities, media, corporations, government, and they dominate every institution. We are insurgents fighting an info guerrilla war in an occupied state, and we have to become the party of change. So we're no longer reactionaries, we're revolutionaries. And we have to start acting like it. And in fact, they've actually written a book called Rules for Radicals that outlines how you take down the establishment. And I wish that we would do more of the things like isolate targets, make it personal, freeze them. That's something we should be doing. We should be calling out every single mid-level HR manager that's implemented BSCRT training at Coca-Cola and talking about where she lives and who her friends are and isolating these people to make it painful for them.
0: Now, here's the problem. Here's the problem wimps they're all wimps party discipline this is among professional democrats and that includes every member of any union especially public service unions any elected official pretty much a lot of judges i don't want to say all judges not at all but all, far too many there's a bolshevik level of discipline no enemies on the left denounce nothing from the left conservatives don't have it and can never have it how can you a third party this it's a two-party country okay donald trump came out and said that and he's right as a political matter you'll be in the wilderness forever heck look what happened to the tea party because they couldn't control the mechanism of the deep state and the irs they were put out of business. If they wanted to become a political party, they couldn't. So how, so when we don't have that party discipline, the answer can't be have it because we can't. How do we substitute for it? That's what we need. What's our substitute?
1: We have to smash all those wimps. We have to kick them out. We have to uh, push them to the side. We have to isolate them and humiliate them. And, And we have to make them irrelevant.
0: So does that mean we're prepared to go Four years, perhaps, with 80, 90 members of the House and 25 members of the Senate until we write the ship. And is there going to be anything left?
1: Donald Trump already wrote the playbook. The next candidate, if I honestly hope it's not Trump, but the next candidate
0: You're right, to, take, not be to take
1: over has to be a networked individual, meaning they have to bring their own social media power, their own media distribution, all of their own platforms and connections. and they have to be able to take over the party apparatus. That's what happened with Trump. We have to do it again and as we do it again the next time, maybe we work some more of this trash out of the system. These people are not these people are not on our side. like that like the governor of Arkansas saying that, uh, you know, we should allow uh, minors to undergo gender reassignment surgery uh, as a way to broaden the tent. Get the hell out of here with that.
0: Mind-boggling. I thought you were going to say something that you didn't say. You said network individuals, and the problem with Donald Trump, not wasn't the mean tweets, wasn't the hair. The problem was when he got to Washington, he had no idea how it worked. That network he didn't have. And he said quite rationally,
1: I'm going to trust the party. No, he's not an institution builder. He failed at that miserably. It it was irrational. If he would have accurately assessed the circumstances and understood that he completed a hostile takeover of the GOP, killed all 16 of those guys on stage in 2015 or 2016. Hostile takeover. Why would he think that these people he just conquered and stole the power from and humiliated were going to help him? He he failed to understand that the GOP and the Democrats are the same party, the corporate uniparty fused with neoliberals.
0: So I just got control through my Venezuelan contacts <laughs> of the of, of the voting machine apparatus oh, sick, yeah. run by Dominion. Nice, because you might not know this, but it's it's corrupt and it's run out of Venezuela. And I got all this great information. And by using child pornography information uh, about, uh, about the Supreme Court justices, I got them to order a new special election. And I just elected you president, not me, okay? You're still young. Jack, how do you staff your administration? And how do you, how do you burn out the, the deep state? You got no friends in DC. Everyone there hates you and they're gunning for you on. The CIA's already got a, three levels of possible plans to play out. They, what are you doing? What are you going to do, Jack? Your move.
1: Yeah, I mean, he has to do it. That president, Donald Trump, he was the wrong guy for an institutional takeover, okay? Because he's a run and gun entrepreneur with a lean staff that outsourced and contracted everything. That's what real estate developers do. He's a promoter, not even really a developer. So he's just lending his name to things, hiring the right people, putting him in the right spot and letting them do things. No, this needs this needs someone who's definitely not me, by the way. I reject your nomination and I refuse to serve. Uh, that's not me. Somebody has to understand how to take over a town. I live in Washington, D.C. In 2008, when Barack Obama won, I remember that this town was filled with steakhouses and cowboy hats for the last eight years. And as soon as Obama staffed up all the NGOs, staffed up all of the presidential appointments, took over everything they haven't left, it changed the tenor of the town completely. Nothing like that happened with Trump. The only evidence of a Trump administration was found at the Trump Hotel at the bar at Harry's sometimes after we got kicked out of there. And occasionally a few other places around maybe Southwest Waterfront. But he had no idea. You have to start with yourself, with your media advisors, and you have to put loyal. I mean, look, people were upset with Trump for wanting loyalty tests. No, that's what he needed.
0: You just made a couple of really important points, and it's not the ones you think you made. Because they're so they're so because they're so obvious to you, because you're a sophisticated businessman. We often hear about, and I'm guilty of this too, the contrast between a politician and a businessman and you're saying businessman you know how many different kinds of businessmen there are trump like you said he's a an inspirational figure within an organization he's a brand he's a destroyer of paradigms and he understands finance he understands how money works but he's not a true manager he's not a true planner and he's not the kind of person who actually runs most businesses and most successful organizations and that's really what you need is the people to do the hard work and he also had and has a weakness for cronies too many family members too many family members so is there such a person is there a person i'm asking you who you think would be a make a great president but is it really what did did obama really do something remember it was, was washington emmett terrell years ago coined a phrase in the old american spectator called strange new respect is that from before your time it might have been so this goes back to the 80s people were conservatives would show up in washington and then after a year or two you'd start seeing an article in time magazine and washington post a strange new respect is being accorded congressman smith a strange a strange new respect was code word for we got him we cut his balls off he's not going to be a problem anymore he likes it here he understands the benefits of getting invited see the extent that the bush regime was even really anything more than cowboy hats and style and a couple of couple of tweaks on the liberal versus conservative I, we were we were fighting and dying for george w bush at the time let's not let's not pretend that we were talking the talk of the unit party at the time but isn't it really the case that when the obama people came in they asserted what was rightfully theirs attitudinally and also in terms of the culture of washington which had already spread out into the suburbs into northern virginia could conservatives do that
1: Yes, of course, because they, they understand and it's built into their philosophy that action action is the most important thing. Change is the most important thing. Aggressive staffing and reorganization and restructuring of institutions. That's baked into the cake of critical race theory, right? It is a philosophy that, that demands action. And so we, conservatism <laughs> demands hands off, which, why, which is why it's dead. Dead, 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 dead. I think that the person that would be best in uh, the executive position federally would be a state-level executive, somebody who understands how to build and how to administer and how to run uh, a jurisdiction of reasonable size. Um, there's probably a couple candidates that come to mind right now. I don't know how ready they are.
0: Let me, so let's talk about one who doesn't, Chris Christie, because he's a great example of a strange new respect on the state level. Chris Christie was such a ball buster when he was running and when he first got into office he pushed back at the press he cut the legs off the teachers union he was like wow this can happen this can be done and by the end of by the time he left the governor's mansion besides being universally reviled he had really been captured completely by the Trenton version of the administrative state and I think one of the things you're getting at is because states by nature want to obtain more power, and that accords with the liberal program, inevitably even using the using that power that you're talking about, that contrarian power, is going to involve a recommitment and a and sort of a, an, an implied endorsement of their existence aren't we back in the same box again?
1: I mean, day one, fire everybody. How hard is that?
0: See, I never understood that. People said to me, well, Trump's trying to get this done, but there's all these staffing levels between him. I said, Why doesn't he tell Barr that something has to happen? And if it doesn't happen, I want to line out my door the next morning of everyone on the org chart, and I'll fire them one at a time until the guy who has the declassified stuff that I want declassified hands it over to me.
1: It's because Trump in these circumstances was a coward, okay? He fired people that shouldn't have been fired. He didn't stand up for people that should have been defended. He didn't protect his most inner circle. He just let people get canned and fired for all kinds of stupid reasons. He never had the back of anyone that was there who got it. I've interviewed a number of administration people. I've talked to people on the NSC. I've talked to all kinds of people. And they all say the same thing. He never had their back. He never hired the right people, and the amount of people inside the administration that were "quote one of us," you could practically name on your hands.
0: Now, here is the scary part: because listen to what you are enunciating. Trump had many faults, but one of them wasn't courage. In other words, we say he was a coward, but he did things that really took incredible courage. He
1: just in, and I qualified it with this in this case. Yes,
0: but he is kind of a, an historic figure. He couldn't get it done now you have biden who is essentially a hollowed out husk of a man when he was at his best he was what we call in yiddish a garnished he was nothing he was nothing he brought nothing to the table other than political savvy and you know a a, you know a what's the what's the, the the phrase again a um uh, you know an appetite for, for 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 you know for for for, for corruption just another, just another politician the Democrats have it set up that the system does the work it doesn't I even saw this coming by the way with Hillary the system does the work they don't need any in fact if someone at the top is only a distraction and might say no from time to time we came up with a Donald Trump we not you and I but The GOP, conservatives in this country, came up with a guy with all the pluses of Donald Trump. He couldn't get it done. Are we asking for something in the nature of, uh, you know, Jesus Christ of politicians? In which case, who, who is that?
1: No, just somebody who's not so stubborn that he won't listen to people that know what they're talking about. I mean, I am making the assumption that the high quality, high caliber people that I know that were in the White House that had direct access to Donald Trump. I'm guessing, I'm hoping that they told him these kind of things. Maybe they chickened out in the Oval Office. I don't know. I don't think so. I really don't think so. These are really high quality people I'm talking about. And you and I know
0: some of the same people and some different people. I think to some extent, I, I often have the impression that he might have had too many of them. I, I think that he had a, he was listening to a lot of people who seem to have very similar titles or portfolios and I recall speaking to someone who was who had worked with him in a business context on a deal and apparently that one of the things he liked to do was to go around the room and ask people their opinions and have them fight it out and that would be sort of his way of getting things done and you can sort of imagine the benefit of that but at the end of the day you need to be the guy who's going to make the call and you can decide who you're going to listen to and not listen to and I think to some extent governing by consensus of your advisors is essentially not governing you need to really to make to make that call i don't know easy for me to say no one listens to me (laughs) anywhere
1: they pay you mightily to listen to your (laughs) advice i'm certain about that so jack what are we going to what are we going to do well right now we got to throw sand in the gears and make it as hard as possible for the left to continue to corrupt our lives and to destroy the country that's okay. number one. We have to consider ourselves insurgents in an occupied land and do everything that we can to slow it down, disrupt it, and uh, make their progress as slow as possible.
0: Do you agree with me that people, and I tweeted about this uh, uh, in, in December. Your show, uh, Ron, yes. <laughs> re- <laughs> that's not the kind of show I want. No, see, I'm a stupid conservative. I want to be liked. Um, <laughs> do you not agree? Man, I should have put it the other way. to see how- I
1: remember. object to the formula question. <laughs>
0: I'll allow it. <laughs> yeah, it is my show. Nobody know. Um, rank and file people, normal people, not not superstars like Jack and Ron, are more that the Democrats. Although part of the game, and this is something actually that James Lindsay has been pointing out very effectively, part of the game they're playing now is to actually. It, it no longer pays to call out hypocrisy. They're no longer. Amenable to charges of hypocrisy. It's look what we're doing and what we can get away with Live it or live with it That's the new world fine They are doing that at the risk of disaffecting more otherwise law-abiding Trustworthy good citizens than ever before
1: Yes, I agree 100% so two things one we need to throw sand in the gears slow it down well three things slow them down Two. We need to help them accelerate their stupidity. I think that one of the best things that we have going for us is this incredible spread of the CRT training stuff going through the elementary schools. What a faster way to red pill a middle American family who's been rationally ignorant about politics for some time, because it really makes made no sense to be you know, totally informed in politics. One, your vote's never going to really have the deciding factor. And two, the influence of this president or that president, maybe your taxes are different, maybe some minor differences. Nowadays, if you're not aware of what's going on, man, they're going to reach right into your child's brain, turn it to mush, and turn them against you. Okay? And, and, and basically destroy them as an individual who believes that they are responsible for their own actions. And so actually the spread of CRT through the elementary schools is going to be a really red pill awakening moment for parents when they find out that their five-year-old daughter has to sit with her whiteness and be uncomfortable and accept her participation in white dominance culture. So we have actually, I want that to actually accelerate. And then three, we have to build intentional communities of choice okay? We have to associate with people that share our values and strictly associate with those people, recreate with those people, do business with those people, marry your sons and daughters with those people, and build separate infrastructure, economic systems, communication systems, which is possible. I've done it. I'm doing it right now.
0: We've been doing it for a Couple thousand years.
1: So exactly, Ron, exactly. The the dissident groups have survived in worse conditions for all of history. There is a rule, there's a a, a playbook, right? Yes,
0: I like everything you're saying. I think I'm gonna go in out of order. Point three, the Jews, the Jews, or the Jews, not Jews and not the Jew. (laughs) Whenever you see a guy say the Jew, (laughs) that's the guy to block immediately uh, the jew strikes you while calling out whatever it is um, uh, we demonstrated that you that you can do that we have an entire parallel subculture we pay our taxes we don't pay if we don't have to pay them i mean you know just like any rational person this is all doable we we you know yes a that were that's c a sand in the gears that's what ron coleman does for a living is throw sand in the gears i file lawsuits i lose most of them when they're political because we're fighting to city hall and the judges came out of city hall frequently but we keep fighting because that's what we have to do i'm worried about number two or b don't you love when people do it switch from it if i do it
1: hey i'm on roman <laughs> i i here and i still don't know what we're talking about.
0: Number two, accelerate the stupid the CRT, I don't know if our, if, if our middle America has the cojones that you and I would like to think they do to, to put a break on all this.
1: It's not so much that I'm putting it on the family of three of working class folks to put the break on it. What I want them to do is to be offended, appalled and outraged and to understand where it came from. And so that the next time they go to the polls, they're ready to vote the right way. And they're ready to tell their friends. And they're ready over coffee with their neighbors to be like, can you believe this shit? What's going on with this? I can't believe this. This, so you know what? I'm not not sure which is a bigger
0: challenge. Because on the one hand, I don't know if they're prepared to do that. Because, you know what? I think two and three are are dependent on each other unless they know that there's a network for them of like-minded people. Because it used to be you went to the school board meeting. What could be a better example of an American experience in democracy? All parents who have nothing but their children's welfare at stake, talking about what's the most wholesome and best thing we can do for the education of our children. And then we find out when the, when the school board members are, uh, think they're off mic, the horrible things they're saying, and, and, and the and the disgusting things that they want to push us.
1: So, well, add to I that, think... add to that what happened in Loudoun County, Virginia, where the teachers and administration put together a hit list of parents who opposed their CRT work, and committed to going after and destroying these people. So it's not just that they're even secretly behind closed doors bad mouthing us; they're proactive trying to come after people. And I I, honestly, I believe if if we have more of that, we publicize more of that. It's, it's, I mean, it's going to happen. So what we have to do is publicize it and get the word out and spread the message and communicate and continue to produce content and continue to get these ideas out into the world. Man, you would not believe the reach of some of the people's shows, my show, people's shows I've been on. I've been on Tim Poole's show so much and his reach is so far that I just walking down the street in random cities across the country, people are screaming my name out from across the street. It's crazy to me, but if we, on those kind of platforms on, I'm sure you're what will soon to be mega successful podcasts here, Ron, especially with such a great guest. You know, I was the first podcast guest on Tim Pool too. Look what happened to him. So this is obviously an auspicious start for you. Uh, Thank you very much. We gotta just keep pounding the message and never be silenced, even if they try
0: you know what there's no there's no compromise there really can't be compromise. you know I, I can't pop somebody in the nose because that uh, that stops me from being able to practice you know in my profession but in every other respect sense we, we really listen I can't recommend it as a lawyer that people violate the law so I so so because as a lawyer I would never represent that they violate the law then I won't recommend that but an unjust law is something that um, you should be talking to people about, and you should be considering challenging it. And here's the thing, though. Here's the thing, Jack, and I'm gonna I'm gonna ease us into the, uh, the 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 coda here because I promised our producer that we were gonna. This is about the time amount of time we would spend, and you're a busy man.
1: I got all the time in the world for you, Ron Coleman.
0: Oh, thank you. I appreciate seven hundred fifty dollars now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the check is in the mail. I assure you people need to know that, that they can do it that they're not going to that, that they're not going to be savaged for it that they have to have the courage to stand up that they have friends who are willing to stand up for them this is really important to have friends and you have your liminal uh, 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 uh liminal order your Liminal order Club which is extremely exclusive and uh, 30 days a month and 30 people a month and, but I've been talking to a lot of people about lots of network building of that nature it has to happen and we have to be prepared of course for deplatforming platforming ourselves people need to know where else to find us that's part of the reason i started moving into video was not that youtube is a safe haven from anything in particular but at least it's step two and plus it does get your face more recognized um, and in fact, in my community, I think I've, that I have achieved that so that I'm an easy, easy target, very easy for the bad guys to pick up. But
1: Jack... Mom, what you're talking about are demonstrated acts of courage. People need to stand up, act courageously, publicly, and be willing to take the consequences. Now, I understand that that's very difficult. So what we're talking about here is a complete structural realignment of your life.
0: And your of your mentality, of your framing.
1: Of all of it, you need to have your life, your work, your community aligned with your values. If you are working in an environment that doesn't share your values, that is a ticking time bomb.
0: And people have to understand, often I get tweets directed at me, Ron Coleman, this is a problem for a lawyer. Shouldn't you help with this? I'm the lawyer. Find me the client. (laughs) If somebody wants to put his name on a complaint and come up with a way of funding that, one of the big problems that Harmeet and I faced in our religious liberties litigation is that everybody wants someone else to be the person to stand up for their religious liberties. It's not going to happen. You got to do it yourself. And if you don't, that opportunity is not going to come back. I hope you'll come back though Jack it's oh man I just couldn't I couldn't resist it
1: come back Jack no of course I'll come back anytime you want no, I don't mean
0: the, I don't mean the rhyme I mean the, the segue coming back at <laughs> no I don't want to come back I want you to come have me on although maybe you're gonna this is gonna be you right we're using you're using this I'm using this so listen I really appreciate hanging out with you and talking about this stuff and trying to keep it a little. Focused, focused because it it does implicate everything everything has become political and in that sense we all are Marxists now it is all political we've got to fight back and Jack it's been awesome you you. thought this stuff through very thoroughly I'm in I'm in awe of you uh, and of your extremely long beard and um
1: thank you very much Ron it's a pleasure to be on the show I appreciate you and our meets work big fan and uh I I'm ready to be a plaintiff in any case you want me to be Ron
0: (laughs) Oh, now that's that—that's music to my ears. We'll talk soon. Thanks, Jack.
1: All right, buddy. Thank you.
0: Hey, thank you for listening to the Coleman Nation podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcast app. If you like the show, please rate it five stars and leave a review. For more information, please visit the show's website at coleman-nation.com. That's coleman-nation.com. Or you can visit my blog at likelihoodofconfusion.com. Join us next time on the Coleman Nation podcast and have a great day.